The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton and... uh, We are going to interrupt our series that we've been conducting called The Many Faces of Human Trafficking. I will be returning to that later in the show. But we had an opportunity to have an extraordinary guest, and I wanted to make time for this because I think the information he's going to provide is not only uh, urgent and critical, but it's information you won't get other places. Our guest today is Dr. Rajiv Fernando. Um, He is a world-renowned doctor specializing in infectious diseases. He's part of Doctors Without Borders. He's also a filmmaker, a humanitarian. He's been involved in the refugee crisis going on over in Europe. And, um, and in fact, he's coming out with a film, uh, Smugglers and Refugees, A Doctor's Story. So we want to make sure that you know about that. But he is also a person who is actively involved in this situation going on with the coronavirus. So since we only have a short amount of time with him, I'm going to just kind of turn it over to him. Um, Dr. Fernando, first of all, uh, tell your, your audience here a little bit about what you're doing and what is taking place in the coronavirus. And what I want to know is, how real is it? I don't want to be melodramatic. I don't like inflammatory things. However, how serious is it? Yes. Uh, good morning, everyone, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Opal, thank you for your extremely generous introduction. Uh, I only hope I can do justice to everything you've said. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. Uh, so, yes, uh, we are now in, amidst um, an outbreak in the States about this coronavirus, and it is real. There's no I, – I speak independently of any sort of political opinion or anything like that. It's definitely a real situation that we have. Uh, this is something that's expected, and and uh, right now in the States, uh, we I feel that we could have acted a little quicker. Now, I actually was in Wuhan, China, uh, probably the only American doctor who actually went down to investigate the epidemic. I'd heard wow. about it um, in December. And we, as infectious disease doctors, we are part of a global uh, email network where every morning we get emails about what are the different outbreaks or uh, that are happening around the world. And it's up to us to make decisions to say, well, is this going to be curbed or is this going to go away or is this going to become big? I first got an update about this new coronavirus in December and something ticked for me. Uh, I said, this is going to go the wrong direction. I have a very bad feeling about this. Uh, so I quickly made arrangements and I'd gone down well just uh, before the quarantine, before the lockdown. I got back to the States before they actually started the lockdown. So it was very odd. Um, you know, I was there 
And first of all, information, getting information from, you know, the health authorities was very difficult. Uh, people really on the ground didn't even know about it over there. Um, mm-hmm. It was business as usual, people walking around. I got very suspicious when uh, the authorities over there didn't report any cases uh, for a week, and it was static at 50 cases. Uh, that was January 18th, and now here we are. Uh, on the 5th of March, where we have upwards of 95,000 cases around the world. Uh, One of the things I think we could have done better is, since we've had a one-month head start, uh, that this was going in in January, I feel, we could have done better to react, and we knew this is something that's going to spread all over the world. It's a respiratory virus, and it thrives in winter conditions, so it was only a matter of time before it comes to the States. And now here we are um, with what's called community spread. So initially, the cases we were getting were all um, were all returning travelers or uh, spouses or uh, loved ones exposed to uh, these infected patients but now it's very much in the community and uh, we certainly have a problem on our hands right now mm. interesting um, I noticed that a uh According to the news stories, and and I'm not sure how much of this really gets out and gets accurate, but a lot of this is centralized in the United States at a particular care home up in uh, Washington. I think it's Kirkland or somewhere up there. Yes, yes. Uh, this is uh, unfortunately what we call the Petri dish. Um, so there are cases uh, from there, they've died, and now we really get concerned about who's been exposed in that uh, care center. That's the problem. Now, I, I just want to break down the numbers for you and for America to say what are the numbers? Let's say you get infected with the coronavirus. What are the chances of how sick you're going to get? And the numbers actually are pretty reassuring at this point. Uh, contrary to the questions I get posed every day, if you know, if I get the coronavirus, am I going to die? Uh, the answers are very different and uh, favorable. Uh, about 85% of people who actually get the coronavirus actually have what's called a mild to moderate, uh, mild uh, upper respiratory tract infection, a little fevers, not feeling well, some cough, and that's the vast majority. 85% of people will have this. Uh, I go into the next category, which I call a lower respiratory tract infection, and that's about 10% of the cases. So that's important to know. Um, these are the patients who typically get hospitalized and they come in, they get intravenous fluids, supportive care, and that accounts for 10%. The remaining 5%, which uh, tends to affect elderly people, people with immune compromised uh, conditions or comorbid conditions, accounts for about 5%. And this is the critical phase where the virus has disseminated uh, by a phenomenon called viremia, which it goes all over the body and there involves the liver, the kidney, the lungs. And this is something called multi-organ failure. Uh, So amongst this 5%, there's a mortality rate of about 3.4%, which is very high. Um, so those numbers, of course, we're still waiting on uh, these numbers. Remember, it's, uh, it's a novel uh, outbreak. So we're just about two months into the epidemic, and we just we don't have all the numbers yet. But early studies are now showing its uh, mortality rates about 3.4%. Wow. Well, that's interesting that you put it that way uh, because there's so much hype on the news. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, in as you know, I work in human trafficking, and you get this idea yeah, that there's yeah. a boogeyman at every corner, and you know yeah, they're going to yeah. kidnap your kid in the parking lot mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, of course, we all know it doesn't work that way. So thank of you course. for the facts. I think uh, moving forward, also, it's important to understand. Uh, 
for our people that there are going to be a lot more cases, and I'm being upfront with that. It's not going to go away tomorrow or the day after. We're going to get a lot more cases coming up. Uh, now, remember, the important number to know is 85% are mild cases, and I really want our listeners to uh, realize that, that the vast portion of people just have a very mild syndrome. Uh, with regards to treatment, that's another thing. Uh, remdesivir is a, is an antiviral that's, you know, it's in production right now. It's shown some promising um, data that it'll work. It's also used to treat other viruses, hemorrhagic fevers like uh, Ebola and Marburg as well. Uh, so that is an evolution. Of course, the vaccine is probably about a year away, so we won't have any of that um, anytime soon. When you say that 85% are mild to moderate, um, but they're carriers, so they can still be infecting other people without realizing it, is that correct? Absolutely. That's a brilliant question you posed, and I'm glad you brought it up even before I actually said it. So there is something, a number called the R0, not in the UK, of course, means zero. That's how it's pronounced over there, not. But this is actually what's called the basic reproduction rate. And the basic reproduction rate tells us uh, it's a very important number in an epidemic to say if you are infected, how many people are you going to infect? And that's very important to know. So at this point, the numbers for coronavirus are, let's take our, uh, for coronavirus are, if you're infected, you infect 2.2 people. So that's important to know. And now those 2.2 people can infect further, and that's how the epidemic goes on. How do we say the epidemic is contained, or people ask me that question all the time. The number we're looking to get the uh, R0 or the R0 is we're trying to achieve a a goal of less than one. Once we get to a a less than one, that tells us that uh, the uh, epidemic is contained. But we're at 2.2 right now, so we have a lot lot, uh, more ways to go. Wow. So I see businesses everywhere, um, and I don't know how real it is and realistic it is, but of course, this is a billion dollar kind of industry going on suddenly as, you know, hotels and Disneyland and, you know, big, large facilities where people are together and they're going through all kinds of gyrations to sanitize and like that. How effective is that? Yeah, great question. Uh, so the sanitizing um, methods are, are very effective as far as I know right now. Let's start with a basic question which I'm posed very frequently is how long does this virus survive on surfaces? Now we have some data which is out which says it survives for anywhere between two, day, uh, two hours to up to seven days. So that's important to realize which is why maintaining uh, good hand hygiene is critical every time. We get into the habit, I suggest uh, our, our people to get into the habit of just carrying a hand sanitizer around, just in their pocket, uh, just sanitize at every opportunity you have. So if you're, uh, especially if you're in the subway or high touch areas, doorknobs, rails, phones, even phones can carry this. So it's important to sanitize whenever you can. <laughs> With regards to hand washing, I feel that's uh, uh, even better than sanitizer. Sing happy birthday twice uh, and you're good to go. That tells you that you've washed your hands for the appropriate duration of time. I read recently, I have to throw this yeah. in. I read recently that your phone is like two and a half times more dirty than your toilet. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, we don't that, think I about read, that. Think, oh, yeah, I did read that. <laughs> I did read that article as well. Yeah, it's it's definitely that it's those are the numbers that they're saying out there. Definitely. Um, other ways I think you can stay safe. Now, coming back to you had mentioned about uh, cleaning and sanitizing. Um, the we have good products outside. Um, you know, Lysol, Clorox, all of those have a ninety nine point one percent kill rate for coronaviruses. So they work very effectively so you can use them. I also want to point out that it's very it, the coronavirus is really not new. Um, the number one of the top causes of the common cold every year is a coronavirus. These are different strains. We have up to seven strains of coronavirus. Uh, the first four are very benign. They're out in the community. They're so common, we don't even bother testing for it. Um, the last three uh, outbreaks around the world are, uh, uh, have been caused by coronaviruses. One, of course, was a sudden acute respiratory syndrome uh, from Hong Kong in 2002. Uh, then we have the Middle Eastern coronavirus, which is in the Middle East, and now we have COVID-19. So the, all the big outbreaks around the world most recently have all been coronaviruses, with the exception okay. of H1N1 in 2009. So it's out there. Um, okay, the other I'm going to interrupt you a minute here because we're sure. coming up against a commercial break, which we need Beautiful. stay on the air here. So uh, we're talking to Dr. Rajiv Fernando. He is a infectious disease specialist and part of Doctors Without Borders. And with that, we're going to go up against our break here, and then we'll be right back. Stay with us. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the Internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like 
like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We have as our guest this first half of this show, Dr. Rajiv Fernando. He is an infectious disease doctor, but he also works with Doctors Without Borders. And he's in the process, uh, one of the things that really got me excited about having him as a guest, he's in the process of uh, producing and releasing a film called Smugglers and Refugees, A Doctor's Story. And it's all about uh, his work going undercover, looking at the European and Middle Eastern refugee crisis, which if any of you follow any of that, know that there is a total epidemic of human trafficking taking place because of this global refugee issue. And since we only have him for another uh, 15 minutes or so, I'm going to just kind of back off. Uh, Dr. Fernando, can you please kind of share with us your experience on that? Uh, as part of our series here, The Many Faces of Human Trafficking. Sure, sure. Uh, I'd be more than happy to. Uh, so I started filming. Uh, I was. Uh, I do a lot of uh, refugee work around the world, and I was just shooting a quick documentary on, <clears throat> on how, you know, medical, uh, trying to get some donations from people around the world, showing the plight of these poor people. And suddenly, uh, during the film, I realized that I was talking to hundreds of refugees, and I asked them, so what is your opinion of smugglers? Now, for us, when we say smuggler, we have all kinds of adjectives to describe them. But these people, the refugees actually said that uh, for them, smugglers are like gods. And I didn't understand. And um, 
probing more into it, people said, while, say, for example, Syria, uh, the Syrian government is trying to kill them, and the European Union doesn't allow them in, they are stuck, and they rely on smugglers to get through into Europe and look for a better life. Although I really don't think it's a better life. A lot of refugees are still ill-treated uh, all, right. all over the world and Europe as well. So we started d- doing a film. Me, it's uh, it's a two-man show. Me and my colleague Mirko Radakovic, who's uh, uh, our cameraman and producer. So it was a two-man film, and we shot in you know eight countries around the world to focus on the refugee crisis. Now, more to focus on your work. Uh, sex trafficking was uh, very disturbing. Uh, so yes. thousands and thousands of kids uh, from these countries, uh, from Syria, Afghanistan, they all come over to Europe, but there have been at least 15,000 children that have just disappeared, just disappeared. Yeah. Nobody knows where they are or what's happened to them. And uh, it's very concerning. Uh, there's a lot of refugee pornography that's going on. People uh, with these poor women, there they just don't have food, and they're forced into refugee pornography. Uh, the other thing I saw is uh, once a, Greece is probably the, is the real entry point for people to come into Europe. Right. A lot of them find their ways into Athens, the capital. And there's a the spot over there is something called Victoria Park. And Victoria Park, I would say about 10, 20 years ago, was like the Fifth Avenue of, uh, of Athens. Mm-hmm. Since then, it's, uh, you know, situations have changed. And now this is the actual hub where, you know, child uh, prostitution takes place. Um, uh-huh. And they are sold for, a lot of these kids just want food. So they are typically typically paid right. about three to four euros a night to, you know, for sexual acts. Mm-hmm. And that's how bad it is over there. It's a, it's a very, it's a very, very sad situation. The way these refugees mm-hmm. were just looking for a better life, you know, they just, right. you know, they just want to smile. It's as simple as that. We do know now, we do know Syria, like a lot of refugees are just freezing to death. I mean, they're just, right. it's amazing. You, uh, I hate to sound graphic, but some of these pictures are they look like popsicles, actually. It's just, it's very graphic and very disturbing. Mm. I, I, um, I see that. I studied that. And, um, and, you know, it's helpful for you to have been on the ground and be able to describe it. It is uh, yeah. a challenging kind of situation. When, I, when you look at this refugee thing, everybody, um, you know, you want to protect your territory. You see whole countries being changed. I, I used to go to Istanbul, and uh, I've been to Athens several times in my life. And yeah. uh, even down in Italy, they're being hit on both sides coming in from yeah. Africa, coming in from uh, Syria and like that. And yeah. then you hear about these horrific uh, human trafficking uh, rings that are up in England and Scotland where – uh, it maybe not so much on the same level of refugee, but you know they they allow one of the problems with refugees and illegal immigration is that there's no control, there's no filter to say, okay, the productive people can come in and and we can we can trust you and like that all people come and I, I say that uh, have it coming from the south border. You know, in right. coming are a lot of very fine refugee people or people coming up from Guatemala, but along with yep. them are the coyotes, and coyotes are not members of the Chamber of Commerce, and they stay and violate them on our property and our, yes. and our country, yes. and it's a very complex issue. Yeah, no, it it really is. There really uh, there are no great answers here, but very frequently when I have this uh, this conversation with people, and I really 
go back to the United Nations with its multilateral treaty uh, from 1951, the Refugee Convention, which is actually put out by the United Nations, which actually defines uh, who a refugee and their rights and the responsibilities of nations all over the world to grant asylum for these people. It's a pretty straight up uh, uh, agreement from 1951, which is still in place. So it's really not charity. Uh, it's People are obliged to take care of these. are brothers and sisters who are dying. Right. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they have absolutely Absolutely nothing, and uh, you know sometimes, sometimes I really I feel um, you know you really have to see this to really understand. And sometimes, no fault of other people, they just can't be in their shoes. Now, when I was I was with uh, Doctors Without Borders on the ground in Darfur, where there was a genocide that's going on, uh, and you know people would have to walk miles to get you know uh, a jar yes. of a couple of jars of water. Uh, and it's amazing. A lot of these women, unfortunately, they, because the temperatures exceed 100 degrees Fahrenheit, they actually Jeez. pass out on their way back of dehydration. Just while they're actually going to get the water that they want, they pass out because of dehydration. And these are real problems, which, you know, we uh, it's hard for people to actually understand uh, these situations. But these are yes. real problems. I can never take a shower longer than, you know, three to four minutes anymore because every time it's, you know, it's in my head how short yes. and scarce clean water is in a lot of these countries. So um, we're coming up to the end of this interview. We have a couple of three more minutes. Uh, Dr. Sure. Fernando, is there some way people can follow your work? They, how do they get this film when it comes out? Uh, sure, is there some sure. way to contact you? Uh, how does this work? Of course. Of course. Uh, I have a charity website. It's called chiraj.com, C-H-I-R-A-J.com. And uh, it's, a, it's a website, really. It's a charity that I've organized. It's self-funded uh, by myself, by a lot of overtime. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a charity that empowers women all over the world. And it, they're small projects. But uh, the ones we have right now, for example, in, in Long Island, I also work in the field of addiction medicine, is we, uh, we support uh, women's sober houses. Uh, so mm-hmm. people recovering, opioid uh, addicts who are recovering, we support them in these sober houses. You know, in order mm-hmm. for them to stay in these sober houses, so they can uh, keep getting better and better on Suboxone, things of like that, maintenance therapy, and go out there and get a job and go back to school. Uh-huh. A lot uh-huh. of these unfortunate women are forced back onto the street. Uh, the prostitution is terrible. A lot of unfortunate women, um, you know, I talk to them and they say they don't even know how many people they're sleeping with to get what they need, uh, yes, the heroin. Right. Or It's terrible. So that's one of the things we do. We're actually having movie night like next week to just sit down and just, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, I think the most important thing with addiction medicine, and I always tell my patients to practice this, is practice looking at yourself in the mirror for 30 seconds. You're, you're, you're going to feel horrible. I mean, you knew it's not like many of these people are, are addicted and that's disease. So it's important to understand. I always tell them to start loving yourself. Look in the mirror. Spend, you know, 10 seconds the first day, 20 the next day, and start loving yourself. And that's when you really snap out of it. Of course, it needs medication uh, in many, many times, but you have to learn to love yourself. So that's one of our charities. The next one is we do some work in India where uh, we, um, we manufacture menstrual hygiene products over there. Thousands and thousands of girls all over the world, uh, they 
don't go to school because they are there five days of their menstrual cycle, which actually, unfortunately, makes them less competitive in the schools and uh, less competitive into getting to college. So what we do is we manufacture these um, uh, menstrual pads over there free of cost, environment-friendly, and we hire more women to, to make these menstrual pads to keep uh, that community going. So uh, we serve about three villages in South India. Uh, wow. The next one is we well, do some work with Sorry. Go ahead. We're we're down to uh, one minute here, thing, yeah. uh, so I'm going to have to close this off. I, I'm really, sure. really sorry. I want to have you back on again, uh, but I know that you have to run to the hospital. Uh, I'm, I want to make sure that we're in the loop when Smugglers and Refugees, a doctor's story, comes out. Uh, we'll promote that on our, our website so our viewers can see it and like that. For those of you that are listening, uh, his charity is uh, chiraj.com. And uh, I would encourage you to reach out to Dr. Fernando and uh, and get acquainted with him and follow his work. And, and if you have it in your heart, uh, you know, be sure and help fund it. We're down to 30 seconds. Anything you want to leave with us before uh, we take a break here? Yeah, the the one thing I le- uh, want to say before is uh, I appeal to everyone. It's a very simple phrase, and I just say change the world one person at a time. So just something, do something for the planet every day, something small, and that's how that's how if all of us do something small to help the world every day, it, it just becomes a better place. So sometimes you may think, well, it's really nothing. It is something. So make an attempt to change the world one step at a time, and that's the way I'd like to end this interview. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I would love to have you back on again when uh, we get past this coronavirus uh, kind of crisis. Hopefully it won't be too long, but uh, we have much in common, uh, especially the part about uh, combating child pornography. So let's keep in touch, okay? Definitely. Thank you again, Opal. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. This is Opal Singleton. It is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We're up against that break, and we'll be right back. Thanks. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe safe from predators. 
Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Well, we just had an extraordinary guest on there, and I was very, very excited about getting acquainted with him. Um, You know, in my business, I do massive amounts of research. I'm always looking for what is impacting all this, what is changing it, what can we do different like that. And uh, and it was along that line that I came across the story of uh, Dr. Rajiv and Fernando. And uh, it, one of the reasons that it uh, impacted me such is that I have been studying uh, foreign national trafficking here in the U.S., and uh, and I along those lines because I do a lot of global background. In fact, those of you that may know me know that I have three million frequent flyer miles. I've been very very fortunate in my life to travel all over the world and some really beautiful places. But I've also been to Palestine and Egypt and and as, as many of the places that Dr. Fernando was talking about, uh, Athens and Istanbul and. And areas like that that have been completely changed because of the refugee crisis. And I wanted to continue this series uh, about the many faces of trafficking. But since we were blessed to have Dr. Uh, Fernando on with us, I think I will finish off this show um, kind of talking about a little bit about what he's talking about and what that looks like in our own country. And then next week we will go back to Uh, looking at uh, gang trafficking and like that. But last week, in the many faces of trafficking, one of the things that you find is that there's a lot more foreign national trafficking taking place in the U.S. than people realize. And one of the reasons for that is what is going on in home countries that makes those victims so vulnerable and so susceptible uh, our lives here in America are so good. Even the poor people, people that don't have 
um, all the the goodies. The the poorest person in America is wealthy compared to many of these places where these people come from. Uh, and so, therefore, it is worth it to them to try to get here. And, and I'm not promoting illegal immigration by any means, but many people in the United States that are being exploited come in legally, and they have been exploited in their home country. One of the things that will often happen and that I often say and people don't want to hear about here in our own country is that that the exploiter who is exploiting them back home also comes with them in many cases and stays in America and continues to exploit them. Uh, That is one of the fallacies I have against uh, the idea of fighting open borders. Many people here, especially in Southern California, where we are a sanctuary state, not by my choosing, but, you know, I I live here and I'm told by my government that we're going to be a sanctuary state. Well, the the thinking on that is not that I'm... uh, against helping people who are really poor and down and out or having a hard time in their own country. But the problem with that is when you break down the laws, when you overlook laws, then you are bringing in an element of uh, criminality as well as some very fine people. And that criminality continues to prey on people who come up from foreign countries after they get here, they don't, the the coyote, the the trafficker does not go home, and the trafficking continues in our own location, and that is an important thing to understand. When we were talking to Dr. Fernando, he was talking about what is happening over in Europe, and I have followed that um, quite quite intensely. Maybe not as close as I could have because there's only so many hours in a day that a person can do research. At some point, we have to do the work. But what you see is a total breakdown of a particular community. And it is absolutely tragic. Um, I have a good friend that goes to uh, India and he went over to uh, the Syrian area and during a, a couple of years ago and went into, uh, I believe it was Jordan or maybe over into uh, parts of Turkey. But he went into one of those refugee camps. Now, these are people who were just like you and me at one point. And then what happens is that the government has a complete breakdown. And this is what is disturbing when you start to look at governments like Venezuela. I can't say that word, by the way, or Nicaragua. I can even say that even less. Uh, And you start to look at uh, areas, even Guatemala, where gangs and cartels, where you lose the rule of law and gangs and cartels come in and take over. Well, of course, this has happened in Syria, over in uh, the European area. And and so in this case that I was telling you about where this gentleman I knew went into one of those refugee camps, he met a man who ran a computer repair company in his home uh, somewhere in Syria. And uh, they could see this thing going south. Now, they were normal people. He had a a son who was like maybe, uh, I think, nine or ten when it first started. He had a wife and he had an older daughter that was in her teens. 
and you know they could see the uh, the danger creeping up on them. So the wife and daughter went off to uh, England somewhere to stay with some relatives. Went on a trip and didn't come back. Uh, so he got them out of there, but he stayed because there was hopes that maybe the situation would not deteriorate. And what would happen is that he'd be able to maintain his home and maintain his business and be able to support his family. And one day the wife and daughter could come home. Eventually it all collapsed. The whole economy collapsed. The government process collapsed. And what happened is, is that he was forced out to give up his home, give up everything they had. They were only able, in his case, he had a car, to load what he could to get in the car and bring his son and get off to one of those refugee camps. Once they're in the camps, then the the child is separated from the parent. And that means that there were entire warehouses. In this case, there was an old uh, prison that they had uh, changed over, and they kept all the kids separate from the parent. And so you had adult camps and, and kids' camps. It was really, really scary because the adult cam- or the kids' camps are ran by uh, some of your older males. And, you know, these kids are absolutely destitute. They're reduced to living on one meal a day. And they they get preyed on by other people, just the same as Dr. Fernando was talking about. And, you know, it is very difficult to get reunited and get yourself together and find a way out of those camps. You have to have somebody willing to sponsor you, willing to send money, willing to to intervene. And this is how much of trafficking is taking place across Europe. You're seeing this on Eastern European countries where the country has been completely taken over by foreign nationals and everybody and many Eastern European countries were not stabilized in the first place. They were very poor and so they get dispersed out. So Every sense of stability that you have is been taken away. And as he was saying, in some cases, you end up walking for miles just to get the basic needs or you wait for the Red Cross truck to come. This is one of the faces of human trafficking around our world. And it's important to hear this story. Now, sometimes this just gets overwhelming. I I try to pick and choose my battles here in America. It's all we can do to raise the money to keep me and kids going. Uh, Because, you know, without your donations, we don't have the ability to go out and tell the story we need to tell in schools, in two parents and like that to keep our kids safe from predators. So I'm very, very grateful for your financial support to run things like Million Kids, Missing Kids, and like that. But there are many faces of human trafficking going on. Some of them end up on our soil. In the cases that we talk about with these Chinese rings, many of those women who come in come in legally, their family has paid a lot of money to get them here, 
just so they have an ability to have some sort of reasonable life that they would not have back home. Quite frankly, that is what is happening in some of the unaccompanied minor stories. You know, those kids have very little opportunity if you're raised in an area with gangs, but the the truth of the story is, in their case, the gang members come in with them, they stay in our property, and they're still being exploited, but they're being exploited on American soil. And so that is one of the faces of trafficking that we see in our own community right here that we may not recognize. In those cases, those people are literally all about making money for coyotes and gangs and cartels, and it is literally all about money laundering, and it is taking place on our soil here in America. My name is Opal Singleton. This show is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are up against a break, so we'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child's safe from predators seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in america three out of four victims are u.s citizens most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the internet sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo sometimes it's catastrophic Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. 
This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the Internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is an interesting show today as we've kind of looked at it from a global perspective. Uh, I was so impressed with Dr. Rashid Fernando and the work that he is doing around the world. He is uh, currently kind of... uh, on a hiatus from that work shortly because he's so involved in the coronavirus and combating that back in New York. Uh, He is part of Homeland Security back in New York, as well as uh, Doctors Against Borders. And he is making this this film, which I very much want to get my hands on when it comes out and, uh, and support that work about uh, the refugee uh, crisis and how it relates to uh, child pornography and child sex trafficking, especially over in Europe. I uh, look forward, we will have him back on again, but I want to just kind of segue and use that uh, idea to close out this show about how that plays out here on American soil. I have uh, been doing a series on the many faces of trafficking, and one of the things that I get a little concerned about is we are also engaged in protecting our children and our young people and the trafficking that's taking place here in our schools. And I I absolutely am on the front line of that, and I am able to do that because of your donations. But one of the things that we're starting to realize is just how big foreign national trafficking is on American soil. One of the cases that I've talked about in the past uh, got an update this week, and I just really want to bring that to your attention Uh, This was a case of Thai women, women from Thailand, uh, who were brought in. They were brought in legally on uh, work visas and and student visas. They knew they were going to have prostitution, but they were from very poor parts of Thailand. And they thought, you know, it's probably no different than the prostitution going on in Thailand. It is my opinion from the articles and the research I've done that much of the prostitution that's taking place on our soils can be even more brutal than some of what is taking place in Thailand. 
but they were put into a sex trafficking ring. It took our law enforcement over two years just to track this down. These women were moved from Los Angeles to Minneapolis to Chicago, Washington, Las Vegas, Dallas, Atlanta, and Honolulu, and they were being moved all around for commercial sex. But here's what was happening. These women were in debt bondage. They had to pay every time the driver took them out to have their sex date. They had to pay for the driver. They had to pay for the motel. They had to get breast implants. They had to pay for the sex uh, ads that were being used to promote their services. At the end of the day, they had paid their coyote, if you will. It's really, in that case, an agent who's bringing them in. Uh, It's a sophisticated coyote. They had to pay that back home. They had to borrow money. Their families back home were being violated. Their passports here were being held. And they had to pay not only every time they went out, they had to pay for all the services involved in it. And they never got to keep the money. Some of these women owed their their captor more than $60,000 after months and months and months of being sold for sex on American soil. But as I began to understand this ring, one of the things this is, it's all about money laundering. This this ring is being ran by people from Bangkok and Belgium. So when our male sex buyers are buying the sex from these Thai massage parlors, from these Thai uh, sex trafficking rings, that money is going back to Bangkok. And it was huge. This is about using people on American soil for money laundering. The course, the article that came out this week is at one point they were able to intercept more than $40 million that was being laundered from an American sex trafficking ring being uh, literally enslaving Thailand women on American soil coming in legally selling out for sex, those people are totally enslaved. They owe their captor almost $60,000. They got to keep none of that money, and about $40 million was being transferred without any tax on it, illegally in a money laundering scheme back to Bangkok and Belgium. If that doesn't get your attention, what does? I agree that we have to focus on keeping our kids safe from predators. That is what Million Kids is all about. But we cannot turn a blind eye to what's taking place in our community because it is our people, our men, our our sex buyers here that is funding this operation on American soil and sending that money back to Bangkok in a huge way. My name is Opal Singleton. I'm the president and CEO of Million Kids. If you have it in your heart to help us combat sex trafficking in America and around the world, we also uh, support, you know, I work with uh, Raf House out of uh, Thailand and Haiti and, uh, and Cambodia, and we support kids in the MESOT program. That's those refugees coming out of Burma that are in nev- known no man's land. They have no country whatsoever. They're caught between Burma and Thailand, and they're living in a trash dump. That is some of the work we do. But we are also here to educate you, educate our public about how this happens. 
and more important, how to keep it from happening on American soil. If you're interested in supporting our work, helping us rescue kids as far as uh, intervening, working with law enforcement, we ourselves do not go out and rescue the kid. We support law enforcement. I am part of the Riverside County Human Trafficking Task Force. I'm the training and outreach coordinator. I do work part-time and and work with the Department of Justice. And they help us. They are how I get my salary so that we can do this. When you make a donation to me and kids, it it is all about making this happen in a right way. So if you can help us, we'd appreciate it. You go to millionkids.org. That is not one million kids, not a million kids. It is simply millionkids.org. Hit that donate button. We would surely appreciate your support. This is how we make it happen. This is how we intercede. This is how we sit with kids who are being blackmailed with a naked photo or or being sold out for sex trafficking, and we support their parents who are looking for those kids. It is heartbreaking work, but we're in a partnership, and we cannot do it without your support. Go to millionkids.org, hit that donate button. We truly appreciate you. Hope you appreciate this show, folks. We will see you next Thursday morning, 7 a.m. California time. All of these shows are archived at exploitedcrimes.com. That is exploitedcrimes.com. Go to exploitedcrimes.com, hit listen, and you can share this show with everyone. We'll see you next Thursday, 7 a.m. California time. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week. 